Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm Mills Morning, my close as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal take on Newcastle with a chance of going 10 points clear. You know, at, at, in my in the back of my head, I'm thinking to myself, you read this and you put immense pressure on Man City. But um, yeah, Newcastle was never going to be an easy feat. I think their side that, you know, also smells blood for the top four chains, especially with the likes of Liverpool, Spurs, and um, uh, Liverpool, Spurs, and Chelsea being very inconsistent. So, you know, but I thought, you know, the, the Arsenal side is flying so high that you know, they were able to eke out the three points somewhere. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, my whole mindset was, you know, I just don't uh, kind of lose the game. I mean, I, I, I just thought to myself, look, we were already taking on the the meanest defence in the league. And I mean, at the moment, you can see the way Eddie Howes like, set them up. You almost like, knew, you know, what kind of what to expect. Um, the game then also starts off, you know, very fast tempo, also very fast out of the traps. I mean, I think in the first, what was it, five or seven minutes, we already had like a Martinelli a shot, which Trippi had to block. Then also Pope had to make us a good save at, at Sucker's feet. And then, Granit Xhaka also had a chance. I mean, I think he just did not have that almost like technique to cut the ball back because I mean, he ended up just hitting the side netting. Yeah, no, that was at that point it looked very positive for me. I thought yeah. it wasn't a case of what if it's a case of when we were going to score because Newcastle couldn't keep up with the silly pace we were playing at. Um, we were cutting through them, playing yeah. the ball over the top, and our players were getting onto it, but. You know, and, 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 and Saka also looked very dangerous. He looked like he was on it and getting past things. Was it Dan Byrne he was playing all the time? Yeah. I mean, he, he really struggled to get, play against him. But I mean, this is not something that's quite important that I want to also add. Um, that was only said like now post-match. But um, anyhow, because look, Arteta, I think, I don't know if anybody listened now post-match to the, the, the talk of Arteta. Because he said he, for him, something seemed very off the way in Newcastle were playing. And then, like, when they came to... Now, look, most fans probably switched off after listening to Arteta's talk post-match. But um, when you listen to Eddie Howe and talking about things, they said, like, when they saw that first seven minutes, they can't play the national game. I mean, look, you've now also watched some of Newcastle's game this season. Yeah. So fast, free-flowing football. And he said, when he saw they're getting now outrun and outnumbered, outmuscled and it, they changed that whole ploy. So it just shows you, I mean, as, as annoying as it was, as we were I'm going to still talk about the match and that, you can actually see the sort of respect that, that Eddie Howe had. We, you know, if, if you actually have to switch your whole style and, and yeah, technique of playing just through a team, the way the team was actually playing, because they were actually worried of getting steam over it when they saw what was happening. And that's why you saw the sort of plan B then. Yeah, no, oh, it was very frustrating though. Like, you know, as, as we go into, to, I mean, not just, just the first half, you know, where the, they were already starting to waste time. I mean, they, they did it against Liverpool as well, when they played Liverpool and, and it came back to bite them. But it just seemed like this referee also for me was was also, yeah. I'm going to say, was very um, quick to take a card out. or you know, to, well, it, was, it was a very inconsistent referee. I think he also spoiled the game at, at, at halftime already for me. Like, you know, not we still talk through yeah. it, but I mean, at that point, I'm already getting frustrated with him. Yeah, because I mean, of the, you know, already the intensity of, of it's like, look, it's near a, a top of the table clash. So it's yeah. going to 
it's going to get tough. It's going to get, in, uh, you know, intense for the tackling. And, and I mean, by the time uh, we started playing the game, I mean, they were, like, I'm just having a look now, yeah. Uh, like 27 minutes, Gemar is not a yellow, then uh, 28, Wilson. And then 32, 40, and 42 was in Ketia, Odegaard, and Xhaka, respectively. Yeah, and, and I think it was referee, no disrespect him, but he was too weak for this kind yeah. of game. You know, he was too, too, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, when someone's still, still fresh, you know, he hasn't referee as much games, you know, maybe as a Michael Oliver, as a Anthony Taylor, you know, even though those these guys sometimes can also get the decisions wrong, but, you know, they the game is not too big for them because they've, they've seen yeah. it all. Yeah, so uh, we move on to the second half. Again, as you said, you know, littered with theatrical uh, actions by Newcastle, you know, like a feigning injury at time. And also, I mean, just watching this sort of performance, I thought to myself, is this not really their main aim just to not spoil the game? And Because, I mean, you could hear the crowd, even though they were full and, and, and very much behind the, the home team and that, but you could see it was actually getting frustrating and, and like, so look, we made this like one sub uh, with White coming uh, off. Tommy also on in 76 minute, and then of course 79th minute, Odegaard ends up crossing the ball. Martinelli ends up just heading wide. But I mean, uh, you could see we, as much as we were trying and kind of firing blanks, uh, Newcastle was just trying to you know keep the score at 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 zero zero. Yeah, no, I mean, every tackle they went down or like, you know, every 50-50 into each other, they went down holding their leg. Um, you know, the they were just doing everything possible to waste time. Like, I haven't seen time wasting that bad before. Yeah. I mean, I've obviously seen it, but I, I don't think I've seen it to that extent in this in the past, this past day and age. I don't know. I mean, you've obviously watched also probably double the games I have, but um, I haven't seen that ever, like where a team literally for everything tries to milk it for like, dead, like you know, for, and oh, it was ridiculous. I mean, it reminded me a lot of, of um, I mean, I'm sure you can also remember the game. I think we played Wigan, I think, where they were just doing everything that we on the result ended up ending the keeper, the ball, like after we went 2 1 up or something like in the game. It was like a, oh, yes, 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 yes. I think uh, I remember that. Yeah, now they reminded me a lot of that, the way they were just trying to buy their time. I mean, even when, when um, Nick Pope was getting the the ball, you would like first, you know, make the spotlight and you'll stop and then you'll shift the ball to the other side of the, the six-yard box. So, yeah, it got to my nerves. But, I mean, at the end, close to the end, we also managed to nearly sneak the game as well uh, with Pope again making a fantastic save to shut out Eden Kitty. I mean, it was a fantastic shot also placement. But, I mean, the key, I think the keeper was also on the top of his game. So now, I just want to also bring up now, look, also had that two high-profile incidents in the match with uh, the one with Gabriel off getting his shirt pulled off his back. The ref and VR saw nothing wrong with that, which I found a big problem. Enough. The other one that was also contentious was the 94th or 95th minute where the ball ends up cracking against uh, Murphy's end. I mean, okay, he's not watching the ball and I think it's fine quite close. Okay, that I can maybe understand, but how they can overlook the, the, the whole thing with, with um, I think, Cher, I think it was, and, and um, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Gabriel. How they could even over, like, oversee that. And I mean, it's as clear as they from whichever angle you look at it. 
Yeah, I mean, that guy, Gabriel's badge was on his shoulder yep. or something like that, the way, he, the way they, they pulled on him. And the fact that, that, the, that, the, that, the, that the referee didn't even go have a second look at it, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the referee it was. Was it David Gallagher that they interviewed um, also? He said that should have been a penalty, but the letter of the law now that they'd like to say is if it's not a clear and obvious error, then um, you know they can't. They shouldn't be looking at it. But I mean, you know, what is a clear and obvious error? I mean, they, they literally pulled Gabriel. The stop was, you know, by the uh, they 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 impeded him. I mean, maybe he could have got into the ball before Pope or something like that. But you know, the, the fact that you know, if they didn't have a second look at it and say, okay, I'm happy with my decision, or you know, there should be a penalty. I mean, I've seen so many other decisions, lesser decisions, being overturned, and Arsenal being on the receiving end of it. And I mean, what, what also infuriated me, I don't know if you heard about this, it was like actually news that broke uh, yesterday, late afternoon, was Arsenal now being charged for not controlling the players in the 94th minute. And yet, like, uh, what I was wondering was not clear, every tackle Arsenal made in that match, in that, especially that, that uh, late in the first half and throughout the second half, watch how many players, if you get a chance, just watch how many Newcastle players keep on running to the rift to try to get that player of Arsenal booked or whatever. And, and that, yes. that's not, not the same thing as what we were doing. Or what, so, and then they come with Scott Free. Because every time, I don't know, like, I, uh, I counted like five at least times where Trippier was going right up to the rift and talking his ear about shouldn't that be a second yellow? Shouldn't that be a second yellow? Like that. I mean, like, you know, especially our players that they had now that were riding the yellow card now through the uh, course of the match. No, I, I understand the frustration because I was even getting frustrated. Like I'm not somebody that gets frustrated at the opposition for time wasting tactics in general. You know, sometimes you get a bit annoyed, but you know, it is it is in depending on the type of game or the type of situation the team is in. But Newcastle were just looking for any little thing to waste time and 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 spoil. They they spoiled the game. They came in to spoil the game mm-hmm. and. There was a stat. I don't know how true it is. I don't know what, what where I read it from, but they said like the, the, they should have you know that World Cup injury time at, at you know when they had that yeah. ten to fifteen minutes. They should have had something like that because I mean they said like um, the game was in play for like fifty one or fifty two minutes in total basically. But the other part, part of it was you know Newcastle's antics, and then they gave only four minutes injury time, which was which was, which was ridiculous in my opinion. Yeah, I fully agree. Then. But, uh, I mean, you also look now at them in a different light, but on the flip side, also, you must also think, look, we're almost like the one that's now, you know, the hunted. So teams are going to use every sort of trick in the book to, you know, frustrate it. I mean, I, I still think if, and I'm, I don't know, also not talk now bad of other teams, but I just think, like, say, a, uh, say a mid-table team or, or lower, they're going to probably have, like, might, might try that same tactic, but I think also then they're going to have, the tools to actually get around it. But I mean, look, the way Newcastle kept in shape and, and the way uh, Eddie Howe's kind of drilled that team, I think they know, you know, how to, to control a game so that they're not going to either concede or, like, lose the game. So they'd rather play just to get a point out of it then just throw, you know, go gung-ho and try to, you know, catch on the break. Because even, like, when they did make raids forward, they always saw to whether they had, like, four at least sitting on the halfway line. So if the ball should break and, and they get counted... It's going to be over enough players to kind of, you know, stifle our um, counter-attack. But um, that being said, yeah, I think that's probably what we're going to 
you know, be expecting the next, you know, months leading to the end of the season, teams like that coming to the Emirates like that. I think United will, will be one of those teams as well. I think they also, at, at the moment, that seems to be the plan against the teams trying to um, frustrate and eat on the counter. But it was a bit annoying, not annoying, but I mean, you just saw what, how Arsenal was short on it from the bench. Man. Yeah. They couldn't bring on anybody to change the game. I mean, they said Fabio Vieira would have maybe been too small or, you know, wouldn't have maybe made as much of an impact. But there was no pacey you know, guy to bring off the bench or a plan B, you know, like a Jeru, where yeah. you just fl- fling the ball in the box and, and maybe you will get in the end of something because, you know, it's, it's all good while you try to play the sleek passing game or, you know, you, you play high press trying to, to open up a team. But when that doesn't work, you know, what, what are Arsenal going to do next? Because, I mean, you know, you can't just always, especially now the business end of the season, this is just part of the season where City you always seem to, you know, find the results. But and like looking at the Chelsea game, also, you know, I'm, I'm obviously we we we're not in that category of spending. But they brought the Grealish and uh, Maris off the bench, who who helped, you know, score that goal, that decisive goal. But I mean, uh, look, my issue, look at look at as much as we now had a problem the way Newcastle went about things. I mean, for, for me personally, uh, my biggest issue I had was was especially Arteta was. Look, when Newcastle were playing throughout, especially that last 10 minutes or 15 minutes even, you could see Newcastle were on their last legs. People were cramping up for, like, literally just doing a little drag back and they had to go sit down. I mean, Willock at times was doing it was like a sort of uh, that wheelbarrow type of shape of, of, of <laughs> stretching out his legs. and Because his legs were totally gone at, at that point. And I just thought to myself, like, that in the, at that moment, you throw and say someone like Kieran Tierney as a wing-back. And yeah. then throw on a, what you say now, Fabio Vieira even. Because, look, as much as people, uh, uh, we all love him and that. But you could see Odegaard, had, he had nothing more to pick that lock from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right there, you throw in a Vieira with something just totally different. I think uh, someone like El, even El Nini or Marquinhos could have, you know, also done something in the game. Because I just think to yourself, you... you I mean, look, Marquinhos is something he's gonna try to take on people, and if you're already cramping up in that, you're gonna yeah. to 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 try even track a guy like Marquinhos. And I think uh, El Nini could have also been brought on way, you know, just to control the game better throughout. Because I mean, I just think yeah. it was at one point we because I always look at, at at things like when you can see a central midfielder half walking with the ball out of 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 from the defense to the midfield, and even getting almost like a sort of free freebie pass to play up front. Then you know that the team, your opponent, don't want to do any more pressing anymore. They, they, their legs are gone. And that is when I think, or I thought we were going to take the initiative then of the game. Yeah, I thought they were going to press home at that last 10 minutes, but it just seemed like, you know, Newcastle were, 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 were doing the utmost to just smother everything and frustrate the rhythm of the game. And that, and that you have to blame the officials also, you know, for not... Without being harsher on time wasting, or you know that that penalty decision. I mean that handball, like you said, it, it could be a bit contentious. It could go either way, but that other decision was, you know, a, a stonewall penalty, and I think that changes the game and and and, and changes the context of the season. And uh, I've heard where they um they said like I don't know how much points Arsenal have lost due to VAR this season. Actually, with it being the wrong decision. Yeah. So I mean. 
you know, we've always been when complaining about VAR. I mean, yes, it's been in our favor, but yes, also, um, it's more not in our favor. It's supposed to be something that is supposed to equal out the game. Yeah, because I mean, if you think how much technology they spend, uh, you know, to, to have that thing uh, brought into the game, and then you get, uh, like, a, uh, if you think of that, that um, VAR cabin also where they're sitting in, there's like three people sitting there, with, each with two or three monitors each to see things. And you're telling me you can't even pick that up. I mean, of course, yes, it's still a bit of, of like sort of sour grapes from, from that game. But I mean, uh, it's almost like at the point of the season where if, like, you know, every point is like gold at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, I, I don't want to talk about other teams, but I mean, Chelsea's performance against Manchester really lackluster and underwhelming from what I thought was going to, you know, it be a nail-biting game for City. It was to an extent, but I think it was very comfortable for them. I mean, they got their goal and that's it. And, you know, Chelsea didn't really, you know, let them fight for that point. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. So we move in our attention now to uh, Monday's uh, FA Cup third round match, Oxford United versus Arsenal. Um, I'm a bit nervous to 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 wear that the kit again that they're wearing, you know that that all white kit that just gives me flashes of Nottingham Forest. Oh yeah, yeah. When I saw that the whole thing, I thought, oh no, not 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 going to go down this path again. Uh, yeah, I mean Arsenal uh, like visit the Kassam Stadium, uh, home of Oxford United, and I mean look, they are. Mid table in in um, League One, I believe. And uh, look, they, they they have a couple of key players: uh, Kieran Brown, Cam- Cameron uh, Brannigan, and Elliot Moore. And I mean, the top goal scorers are uh, Brannigan with six, Kyle Joseph with five, and Billy Bowden with four. But I mean, I, I think they look. They're going to be now, of course, an unknown quantity to our players. I mean, it's going to be a now good run out for the squad players, for like more, plus you know, possibly. But I think, uh, you know, Arteta might still, you know, throw a couple of key players in also just to try to put the game to bed probably early. Yeah, <laughs> we play we play what on Sunday against Tottenham next, right? So yeah. I think we're gonna we're gonna have to like at least start to put this game to bed early and, and give the players a rest because yeah, I mean, I think we need to make sure we also give a good run in the FA Cup for ourselves because. Sometimes a welcome distraction from the stresses of a of a, of, a, of being in the Premier League at this point in time for us. So just to you know eat pause, but and I think also a time for our players, our, our, our squad players to. It's up to them to if they want to play longer or get more minutes because if they get knocked out against Oxford, I think you know morale first of all probably drop slightly, and also certain players will be very unhappy. With the the manner of how much minutes they're gonna be playing. Yeah, would agree. But you know, like just watching the, the sort of setup now with with um, Arsenal, you can actually see like especially another Newcastle game. Um, look, of course, there's nothing you can do with the the fixture list, but I mean, you could see it was almost like maybe also a a, a game too much for for Odegaard, a game too much for yeah. party, and then and and so you saw that sort of sloppiness of the game, and and I, I just think. This this uh, oxygen would be now blessing where you know you can actually tell them look just put your feet up you know kind of yes. reboot and come out fresh against Tottenham. Yeah, and I, I, I think with our sides, like we don't we don't seem to rotate enough. Not I'm saying not about third minute in the ex in the manner in like you know we must change five players, change six players, but I mean 
You know, you you played Odegaard, you know, three tough games in a row, and he has to, you know, two tough games in a row, to throw in for a third. Same with, um, you know, maybe Martinelli and Saka. You know, you need to be able to just throw in maybe, you know, one player here, and then the one guy get there. So he's fresh for the next game. It's, it's a squad effort to to push for a, a, a league title and, and they're still competing all other fronts. You know, it's it's not just a case of just the slapping that same eleven all the time because that legs do get tired. And but like you mentioned now, it's a it is a blessing because like Tottenham and, and United, I think it's back to back. So you know you're gonna need your your starting eleven and firing at all cylinders. And I'm look uh, if you just think of, of um, the demands of Man City right now. I mean, of course, yeah. Look, I know we we it's an Arsenal podcast, but I mean, we sometimes do. You know, make mention of other teams, and my thing is not just with with the likes of Man City. Look, they'll they'll not have a game. I believe what's it on Sunday? I think it's Sunday against Chelsea. Yeah. Do they have to play again uh, two days or three days later in the League Cup semi final? And then they got again the the uh, Manchester derby the, uh, that weekend. Come uh, like when we have to play Spurs, they have to play Man United. So I mean, it's gonna also pull their squad because if you look at the the Bench, especially now, Man City. You've got like say two or three first teamers of that quality, but then you're going already down into the, you know, <coughs> the top academy players right now. Yeah, and it takes one big knock to, you know, a guy like the Brainer or Ireland, you know, a silly challenge in the high octane games because I mean, Chelsea are probably going to come in and want to prove a point. Now it's going to be the third game in a row they lost if they decide they, to lose against them. Um, City and also, like you said, the quarters or semi finals that's coming up in the EFL Cup? Uh, semis, semi finals. Okay, so I mean, it's going to be a, also a high octane game there for who, who do they throw? Charlton? Yeah, they got Charlton. Uh, no, man, they've got Charlton and they've got uh, Southampton away. Okay, so yeah, it's going to be a, a, a quarter final, not semi, quarter finals. Oh, but either way, you know, it's going to be all on the line for, for Southampton. I think they, you know, eating in the doldrums of the Premier League at the moment. And I think it's a welcome distraction for them. And so I think they're going to probably give City the all. And I think, like you said, you know, then you have to go step, pull yourself up to the Manchester derby. And, you know, which, you know, uh, I don't even know now if you want the three points or one point out of that game because... You know, Manchester United also seem on the up at the moment, being in mind they only did play Wolves um, for Bournemouth and who was the other team they played now recently? Also a low, 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 lower level team. I don't know, just Bournemouth, I can really think of that they uh, played, that they were, you know, like kind of saw off with ease. I mean, the last few games, they saw teams off with ease. And uh, like my take is still, when Tenag's team was really pushed to the limit, then I mean, you do see that little wobble in them. They do have that wobble in them. So, I mean, I just hope to, you know, that we can you know, sort out our end of things and then put our feet up then and watch how they tackle things then. Yeah, uh, we'll probably get in the Tottenham game next podcast, but boy, it's going to be a, a tough one, I think. You know, we can't have a repeat of the previous season. Oh, yeah. and Tottenham Forest, that, that, that United played at the Forest, Wolves, Bournemouth, and then uh, there was um, EFL Cup ties against Burnley, and now... And they beat Everton as well. So, um, you know, not the best run of form teams, but, you know, they still got the business done. 
Yeah. So, uh, like, what else do you have? Any other talking points that you want to bring up before we? You know, my, my 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 one point is that <laughs> do you think Arsenal have enough in the squad to, if they should sign nobody, or do you think it's basically shooting themselves in the foot if they don't? Obviously, you don't. I don't mean signing. It doesn't have to be Mudrik. It doesn't have to be whoever. I mean, if there's a player that can strengthen the squad. Do you think they should go for it, or, or are you happy to say, you know, if, if the January window closes and we have nobody, you know, you're going to still say, okay, you know, we're fine. Because what I found, in my personal opinion, that the squad looked very thin and all it takes is one injury to somebody in our front line now. And, you know, we could be looking at each other and saying, you know, are we going to get the points? I mean, look, this is like a, you know, multi-pronged thing of, of approaching what you know, say is, but it's like, Arteta's kind of also making his own issue because yeah. you, are you ever going to know if Marquinhos is good enough? Yeah. Or, or, okay, if you do fine, okay, he isn't good enough. Then you bring in somebody and then you need to you let him go out on loan. Same with Lokonga. If if you now know for months now that Lokonga is not good enough to, to uh, be a backup to Thomas Party, then let him go out on loan and get some sort of first team experience. But I mean, he's just going to like deteriorate on the bench because yeah. he's not any better. Arteta's not really, since the squad is like kind of small, he's not really letting uh, people like Lokonga and, and Vieira then now go out more on, on um, uh, under-23 excursions to actually get some minutes under the belt. So I think you actually, like, oh, he's actually making his own issue then like that. So my take would be, you know, you do bring in somebody, but uh, uh, like a more, uh, almost like a multifaceted type of player, you know, yeah. somebody can go uh, as an out-and-out winger, but can in emergencies he can go up front or he can play as yeah. a, a number ten. And and this, uh, what I think also going to be a hell of a bonus or not? Yeah, could be bonus, but with with, with, with Rona coming back, because he had to now have a operation uh, close to the end of last year with that that old growing thing that he issued. Because look, he was the kind of playing through the pain barrier, and so you saw like a more withdrawn type of Smith Rowe instead of that attacking one that we we know that plays with a bit of flair. And it's, I think he could like, just even having him get like a good like a good hour maybe against uh, Oxford would also bode well to you know going to the North London derby with him even just on the bench. Yeah, I, I thought you were gonna, gonna gonna feed me the line of uh, Arsene Wenger who he normally said Emil Smith Rowe's gonna come in and almost be like a new signing. <laughs> well, I think at the moment anybody <laughs> if if you think of the next few months. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if anybody, uh, the listeners also saw or you saw that uh, Gabriel is now no longer on crutches. He's now, he, I think he's just temporarily like wearing the brace, the knee brace, but he's also now done training sessions in the in that uh, gym there at Arsenal uh, without the knee brace as well. So, I mean, just think, I mean, if you can get him back, I'm, uh, look, I don't want to say rushing back, but I mean, can you just imagine if we can get him back, say, uh, mid in or February, yeah, mid in February, since February is a shorter month, you can have him back to you know to push on from March till the end, yeah. Yeah, but I think we need something special in between because, yeah, I think yeah. the day after Valentine's Day, it's, it, it's Man City, yeah, in the in the league. So, you know, obviously, I want to beat Man City, but you also maybe you know, you 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 they drop points somewhere else and and, and also can kind of stretch that gap, so it, it becomes a case of. You know, beat us if you can to Man City, you know, if they come to the Emirates. And, you know, I'm not saying we must play defensive. But if you have a big enough gap over City, 
you know, they have to come out at you and, and you might see a different type of Arsenal. But I do think that we need somebody that can also um, make the defense nervous. I, I think Ketty is good, but he's not the answer to take games to the opposition. And I think, you know, we were missing something and, uh, and I hope we can, again, I mean, that Mujik thing become, doesn't become a whole stronger and, you know, it becomes down to Shakhtar just trying to exploit um, Arsenal and we can get the player who also desperately wants to come to Arsenal, it seems. Yeah, but I mean, look, I, as I told you in, in WhatsApp messages, I also don't want us to, you know, be held ransom by a club like Shakhtar. Where, yeah. Because, I mean, if you think of it now, look, Arsenal already had that, that, that sort of money. If you think of the numbers that we're talking about, look, we had like, the last offer was, what, 62 million. Yeah. And if you think, we had about 65 million set aside for Rafinha when that fell apart, really. Yeah. So, I mean, we do know what money we're kind of dealing with with regards to Arsenal. So, I wouldn't like, look, it's not like for me, it's going to be to a point of 65 million or nothing. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. There's no use in trying to break the bank because if you think Gakpo went to Liverpool for under 50 million. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we also maybe missed out on that, on that deal. I think we, he would have been a good player for us because he can play anywhere along the front line. I think the two of us spoke about it. You know, he could be somebody that you know could have actually you know been putting pressure on either front or line of those guys, and and he would be able to play that interchangeable game that we like. So we missed out. I think especially under 15 million. I think Arsenal. I mean, the, if they were into cop up that on on Mujik, on Mujik, sorry, and then um, for me maybe that that Lozano of Napoli. Could be someone that they could look at as a maybe solution if the rumors are growing also there, well, they're being linked to him. So, I mean, let's see how the next few weeks go. But as I said, I wouldn't want to wait too long, also, as, as yeah, because that's right. If you want to now get somebody primed, because look, if, especially if you bring up somebody from another league, yeah, you don't want them to you know really take weeks and weeks to like feel their way in, take somebody in January, yeah. You, you need to get somebody that, that's going to be ready for action. And uh, I mean, at the moment, it is actually the one player that is on point at the moment is Mudrik. So I would try my utmost, but I mean, maybe try to sweeten the deal also. With some, yes. some, like letting Lakonga go there for half a season or yeah. some deal or something. Yeah. So do you have, is that not it? With a, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, guys. Take care. Enjoy the weekend and enjoy the match on Monday night. Take care. Bye, guys. Yes, guys. Bye.